Welcome to Her Skin, a podcast about the minority experience. I'm Abby Chinaya. A year ago, I started a photography series called Light Skin, Dark Skin, following the stories of brown women and their experiences with colorism. Now I'm taking things a step further. I'm having discussions about diversity, skin color, race, inclusivity, and everything in between. Welcome to another episode of Her Skin. Today I've got my dear friend, Jasmine Singh, sitting down in my living room with me on a sunny Sunday afternoon, a week before Deepavali. And we thought we'd reminisce a little bit and talk about our favorite food memories. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jasmine. Hello. When was the last time you were home for Deepa Valley? Probably nine years ago before I moved here. Really? You haven't been back since? No, because it's always fallen around uni or exams. Um, and probably this year was the year that I could have gone back, but obviously Same. no one's traveling. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a while, a very long time. Um, since I've been home for the Bali, Deepavali. That, yeah, because we call it Deepavali in Malaysia. In Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing for Deepavali this year? Um, I don't actually know. So uh, the past two to three years, um, I've usually celebrated it with my um, best friend, Kashil. Um, she's Indo-Fijian um, and also lives away from family. So... It's always really fun um, for us to kind of cook a lot of stuff and come together and just eat and um, hang out. So that's what we've been doing for the past two years and possibly we might continue this year um, as well. I, I, I do have family here, but um, they don't celebrate Deepavali like we do in Malaysia. Um, Cause for us as well as like Sikhs, it's a bit different, um, the reasons we celebrate. Um, but you know, in Malaysia, it's very much about like open houses and inviting people over and that kind of stuff. Whereas they usually just go to the temple in the evening and eat and that's it. But to me, that's not Deepavali. <laughs> did you guys do open houses in Malaysia? Yeah, yeah, we you always did. do. Um, even if we never did it at our own house, we usually used to go to our family friends or gather at my grandma's house when she was still alive um but yeah mostly it was at our family friend's house who are tamil as well Mm. and they're like very close to us so i'd go there and eat all the chicken curry that i could um inhale and like dosa and like idli and every everything under the sun and then like sometimes they'd have like dance competitions for the little kids and like fireworks it's a very it's a very malaysian thing very malaysian like malaysian indian household thing this was the year i was meant to be back as well yeah because i was the last time i was back it was four years ago so 2016 Mm. and our deepa valleys are very similar in food so mum will cook for everyone we'll have about 40 or 50 people yeah all different cultures as is malaysia and she'll make her fish cutlets yeah and boy do i miss those eh? oh my god you get up in the morning and the first thing you smell is the fish cutlets and she'll have them um because i grew up in Kwantan, but yeah. then now they live in KL. Yeah. But for some reason, the kitchens were very similar. She'd always have a table like at the foot of the kitchen and that's where the food would sit. So the cutlets would yeah. be, so it's just the same. And we'd yeah. get up, yeah, fish cutlets and biryani and the big like, 
Durham's yeah. is that what you yeah, call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, what else? Morocco, they'd always Morocco. have like a surprise. That's what I've wanted this year. Yeah. Because my mom, so when we're back home, she usually buy that the Achi Morocco, the Morocco. Um, sometimes like more North Indian sweets like um, Shakrapari, which is like the dough balls uh, coated in sugar syrup. Um, sometimes like gulab jamun and jalebis and stuff like that. But like that's very like I think those things are quite like niche things that have only started coming up because people have started making them more. But like most of our food would always be South Indian food. Every the Pavali. And that's why like my mom, I was talking to her this year as well, like last week. And she was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I have no idea. I completely forgot it was coming up as well. Um, and she was like, I know what you're going to make. You're going to make chicken curry. You're going to make thosa. And you're probably going to buy some sweets. And I was like, you know me well enough. Yeah. <laughs> We've just booked in for dinner at 1947. Yeah. I wanted to go to Cassia. Yeah. But they were fully booked. Oh, no. <laughs> wanted to have the, um, they bought like a, I think a digger station or something for dinner. And I yeah. thought, stuff your face. Yeah. But no, 1947 still stuff our faces. Yeah. I always go to Sandringham every year and like buy, especially with Kashil for the past few years, we buy like all this diaz, we buy ghee, mm-hmm. set them up. Um, um, she like she's Hindu, so she obviously like prays and all of that kind of stuff. Um, for me, it's never really been about prayer and religious stuff as much. So. I think because in Malaysia, it's just all about the food, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's food related. Yeah. yeah. But we'd always do. Did you guys get new outfits for every Deepavali? Sometimes it depends on. <laughs> yeah, it depends on like what was happening because what what ended up happening was like you know in Malaysia and even here as well it's kind of hard to always be buying new outfits that you're never going to wear again (laughs) so my mom sometimes would just be like I'm not going to buy you a new like Punjabi suit or something but I'll buy you like new like western clothes that you can actually wear after or something like that but yeah sometimes it would be yeah or like now now she's very like invested in buying saris because she's like they're timeless so even if I buy you 20 you can wear them for the next like 50 years or something yeah. and they still look good and I'm like I'm fine with that I love saris so you know um but yeah yeah will mom and dad be celebrating yes they will probably be celebrating with our family friends the ones that we usually used to um go hang out with um yeah because our my dad's extended family hasn't been very close um for a lot of years um only recently it was only like a big thing to like hang with the cousins and my grandma and stuff um years ago so I don't have a lot of like family family memories like extended family ones but I know that like our family friends like we were always there um always eating there fireworks there like I knew they're like they're the the family's like cousins and like second cousins and stuff because they'd all be like collected at the house and we'd be like another family member that was there so it was yeah it's it's always like one of my memories to to go there and celebrate there with them us Deepavali I remember being at home um, and at our house as well was I think mom cooked a lot of food don't remember exactly what the food was but it would have been like idli dos like dosa and all of that kind of stuff um and we lit up the house with like all these um diyas as well um but we're like the only indian house on a street with pretty much all chinese people wow so they um one of the families was just like on their like nighttime stroll or something and saw their saw our house and we're like wow this is so beautiful and what are you celebrating and like all of that kind of stuff and we're like how don't you know what we're celebrating <laughs> you can see but yeah 
Yeah. We get the one public holiday. It's the one day, right? It's one day, yeah. Yeah, because I remember that would suck yeah. when you were at school and you just have that one day off and it would yeah. be like a Tuesday or something. But wait, I've actually got Muraku chips. <laughs> oh my god, do you have the Kopitiam cups? I do. I got it from an auntie in Malacca. It's like five ringgit. That's amazing. What do you think? How would you rate this Muraku out of ten? A three. <laughs> Fuck off, Jasmine. <laughs> I bought it for you and everything. <laughs> they just don't taste like home. Where is it made? It's made in India. Maybe a six. I'm, I'm, I was being mean. <laughs> no, I think because you know because we're used to the fresh ones. There's a mm. difference, and it's like airy. This is this nearly broke my jaw, girl. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know they um they sometimes have the cumin seeds and stuff or something mm. in in the uh, the fresh ones as well, and they're not spiced. Well, if anyone knows where to get fresh Muruku, please get in touch. We, let us know. we need the link ups. We really do. <laughs> what else? Um, brown donut shape. Yes. What are oh they? Oh my god, called? I know what you're talking about. What they're the sweet ones, right? Oh my god, they're, they're so, so sweet. <laughs> it's so freaking good. Oh my my grandmother would make it, and I eat the whole jar. Uh, Adarasu? Right, they're like firmer. Yeah. But it has like a leathery, not a leathery, that's an unattractive way of putting it. <laughs> but it, it has like a, like a skin on it, like a donut. Like, yes. Like the outside of it and then the white part of the donut inside. But, they but were a like harder a lighter, skin. Yeah, like a harder skin. And they were like a lighter brown color on the inside, right? But the flaky inside. And then the, the, out, the most outer layer of it was... Coated in like sugar syrup or something. Mm, Delicious. So good, man. I haven't seen that. I haven't had that in probably a decade, I'd say. Yeah. It's been a while. So much of them. Get my vade from St. Anthony's Mm. and she knows me now because Mm. I'll go in and I'll be like, please, can I have 15 vades? And (laughs) I'm really good. They're so good. They're delicious. She's got the masala ones Mm. and. I don't know what the other one is. Yeah. What the, what it's called. Medu Veda, yeah. Yeah. So she got them. So that was the first takeaways that I actually had after the first lockdown. St. Anthony's. <laughs> so that's how now You're she... You're like, I need some Veda. Yeah. So yeah. because we, we went and we got like 15. But every yeah. time we go, we get lots. Yeah. But then just end up eating them. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like a struggle finding the kind of Indian food that I've eaten at home here, you know, because it's like, it's very North Indian focused. So it's great because like I'm learning all of this stuff and like that's kind of part of my heritage when I'm like, that's not what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I just want like my like thosa and my vada and like all of this kind of stuff. Like even, um, is it the idiapam? Um, the, sweet, the sweet ones? No, idiapam for me is palapam. Oh, palapam. What's that? You know, it's the it's the one that's like made in the shape of the bowl, and it's got that like thick center, and you Appa. dip it. Yeah, but it's also oh, called palapam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. I love it. I'm sorry. My it's so good. my our neighbor in Kwantan would make it all the time, and maybe it's an effect of that. No, but she was very annoying, and <laughs> she painted it for you. She had she had like Auntie Sussy, that was her name. Yeah, and she her hair was one bun, and then a little bun on top. So over our back 
kitchen, in the wet kitchen, you'd see her kind of bobbing around all the time. And then she had a really high-pitched voice and she'd be like, honey! And I would ignore her. But the problem was when I closed the gate, she could see me closing the back grill and she'd know I'm there. And then she'd be like, I know you're there. Like, oh no, Auntie Susie. And then she'd give us the uppums. And it just was traumatizing. Yeah. I haven't eaten it since being there. I just don't. Maybe because I associated I with swear, her and she was real creepy. Yeah, I swear you, the memories have been tainted now. And then she was, because she'd always ask about school, like, how many A's did you get? <clears throat> you know, what are, you, are you studying? How's tuition? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm a very average student. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, stop giving me your uppums. But my mom loves it. Mm. But no, yeah, I know the one. Mm. Oh so good really because it was like this crispy outer yeah. thing and then the middle is it had little holes in it yeah and it's dense and thick and you like soak it in coconut milk and you eat it it's, mm. no so man so, I'm so sorry <laughs> I feel like you haven't had it for a long time and I can convince you <laughs> I'm still really kind of grossed out with the little holes and the whole situation oh you know what my mom sometimes makes as well here rice pudding yum yeah yeah rice pudding um, and then like sometimes if it's just like we're not going anywhere a lot of the times this is our usual breakfast but like she'll usually make like a special breakfast which is like the you know the paratas what we call them pronte mm-hmm. um, stuffed with the potato oh yum yeah yeah so she'd make that and we'd have it with like yogurt or like um, homemade uh, butter or makan mm-hmm. yeah that's great homemade butter is that different to ghee yeah, so ghee is actually clarified butter, so it's boiled. Um, but makkhan or homemade butter is, you can make it yourself as well one day. You just um, keep beating um, cream until it kind of like coagulates. Yeah. What does Deepavali mean to you? Um, to me, it is about food and family and. Um, I guess justice in a way as well because this is gonna be a long answer i'm really sorry um but for like i think we all often know the hindu kind of mythology around um deepavali or the valley whatever um and i remember growing up and someone i don't remember who it was being like but you're not hindu why do you celebrate deepavali or diwali and I didn't know this until like the last couple of years, but apparently we celebrate it for different reasons, but also because it coincided with the Bali and like the kind of like um, the idea that like light um, won over darkness and that kind of stuff. So one of our gurus um, at the time was imprisoned, um, was imprisoned by a Mughal emperor and the Mughal emperor thinking that he was quite smart. Um, so the guru kind of negotiated with him to be like, look, um, we want you to release all of these people because it was the guru and like lots of, um, a lot of like Hindu mostly um, uh, kings and stuff like that that were um, being like imprisoned. 
and so he negotiated with the um with that mogul emperor and the emperor was like you can only take as many people as can hold on to your coattails so um he the guru being very very ingenious um made like a coat that had like different strings for all the different people and there was like 108 people or something like that that hold on to his coattails and got let out of prison so for us that's like that's why we celebrate it it's called bandisho divas which means like like the day of the prisoner release yeah but that's why we celebrate it and that's it coincides with the valley so to me it's also like justice wow <laughs> yeah that was such a good answer <laughs> this is why i love you you're amazing <laughs> thank you i was just gonna say <laughs> we had food and family yeah but also it was new beginnings because my dad would papa would um always be like first thing in the morning he'd wake me up really early yeah and he'd be like go and shower and yeah. get your outfit on and this is a new beginning for you and yeah. so I always try and make it that and I think now as I'm getting older and soon getting married yeah out of the culture it's important for me to create new traditions for generations to come yeah in my little family yeah. so I think that would be me this year and yeah I've awakened to wanting to create tradition here especially not being able to be back this year yeah no i remember like the first year i moved here um because i moved here in like august i think and then the valley was like a couple of months after and i was at my uncle's place and i like i have a very vivid image of this memory because um i was it was a weekend and i'd gotten up and i don't know why i started cleaning um cleaning like my room and like cleaning the like windows and stuff and my aunt was like are you cleaning up for Diwali and I was like well yeah I guess <laughs> and that's what I've started doing like every year I at least clean mm-hmm. um the day before um or like a couple of days before and make sure like everything's kind of like ready um but yeah yeah it's just like it's one of those things eh, that you kind of end up building these traditions and like it like warms my heart but like for the past two years running my mom's just being like I'm really proud of you for carrying on our traditions and like making all this food I was like thank you I really try (laughs) oh that's so sweet Jasmine yeah yeah yeah. so I've like I've kind of been committing myself to learning more about that and doing more of that but it's also things like I don't maybe not for you but for us um because my dad specifically also grew up in Kuala Kangsar in a um like near a South Indian village or in a South Indian village so he speaks a lot of um Tamil as well um and I think it's just also a Malaysian thing that we kind of like respect each other's gods and like kind of believe in that kind of stuff as well so even though we kind of like celebrate our own gurus and stuff my dad will be like we need to open all the doors light everything up let Lakshmi come into our house and all that kind of stuff (laughs) so like that's one of the things that I like like to do because I'm like we need to leave the lights on in the house because we want like the blessings to come into our house and the good fortune in that but yeah yeah this was fantastic and thank you so much for sitting here with me no worries it was very enjoyable i love reminiscing about food <laughs> i hope this wasn't like all up the show but we'll find out yeah nah, i think we've i think we've, we've bared our souls enough <laughs> jasmine we're gonna talk about something more serious now yeah and it's the mercy pictures exhibition yes so for those who don't know mercy pictures has an exhibition um, titled People of Color 
uh, where they've shown a number of flags in the gallery. Um, it's pretty much coming to a close, I think, um, at the point of recording. Um, and it's been up since October 16th, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the issue with that is that they've got a lot of um, fascist and white supremacist imagery. Um, and they've also put it alongside um, images of Maori sovereignty and Tino Rangatiratanga. Um, so there's a Tino flag, there's Tekara, there's a Tuhoi flag. Um, and just in general, the white supremacist imagery at a time when there's so much kind of worldwide vitriol and worldwide spread of fascism and white supremacy and anti-blackness um and the elections are just ending at this point um in the u.s as well um that we really need to make sure that we're holding people accountable for their actions um they're kind of claiming that it's provocative art that it's um intended to start a conversation um but that seems like a very very white supremacist and right-wing far-right justification that's usually used to kind of avoid that accountability and avoid discussing it it's that sort of narrative and language um what else they also uh, had hired hired or commissioned um a british writer named nina powers who is a um, trans exclusionary radical feminist or turf um and wrote a disgusting piece about this um, this exhibition from a very white supremacist again point of view. Um, she's mostly a far right writer now, um, and they've also claimed that she's a philosopher, which really gives her a lot more power than she needs to in this situation. Um, so that's been my spiel. Uh, there is an open letter that's going around, so if people can sign it, that would be great. We want to make sure that these people are actually held accountable for the violence that they're inflicting, um, especially in the context of what has happened here um, during the Christchurch attacks as well. This stuff has an impact on people of color, on um, indigenous people, on migrants. Um, and we need to start, you know, holding people accountable and making sure they're um, they're not just apologizing that they're actually um, doing. They're committing to action to solve, um, to resolve to some extent what they've um, what they've inflicted on people. Being yeah. a productive part of the conversation, yeah. not taking away from it. Yeah. Thank you, Jasmine.